Turn around and make Canada welcome into the service today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Have you enjoyed the singing this morning? You can be seated. Thank you for coming. Everybody happy? Everybody enthused? Everybody's looking for Thanksgiving? Amen. Uh, what, Brother Gray, what's his first name, the young boy? John Gay, Gray. Uh, his wife passed away this early this morning, I think, or yesterday morning. And uh, he sent a word and asked the church to pray for them and the family. Uh, well, they was in church with us years ago, and we remember him when he was just a young boy, but now they got children in the 20s, right? 20-something years old. So we grieve the loss there. Amen. Amen. It's hard to lose a mate, right? Amen. I don't know yet, but I'm not looking forward to it. That's the reason we're struggling for the change. Amen. Amen. It's appointed unto us once to die, but after that, the judgment. But there is a promise in there for the change of this body. And that's what we're looking at. Last week, we wanted to start with the overcoming. And this week, we're looking at our testing. What is our test? We've got to overcome a test. And just a little background to get you prepared for it. Uh, if we can put on the board, we're looking at the overcomer's reward for each age. Now, remember, there's seven ages, seven messengers, seven portions of the word, sevenfold revelation of Jesus Christ. In the last age, all of these rewards, all of this revelation by parts keeps moving down, moving down, moving down, moving down until the last age, which is us in the seventh. And we have the greatest test, but we also have the greatest reward. To pass this great test, we need basically the accumulated effects from the seven church ages are each part of the revelation of the name of Jesus added to us. So in this hour, when I call about having the whole armor of God to defeat the enemy, we're speaking about this sevenfold revelation, which I've listed them for you, and we'll put them on the board. He overcome in the first age was what? Uh, give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Okay, now that's quite a reward. Eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. And we looked at that several weeks ago, that you must wash your robes to be able to enter into that city to have access to that position. Revelation chapter uh, 2, 11, verse second stage. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. So what we're seeing here already is that, and we're going to get to this in a minute, what I want you to notice is where were you before you got here to stand this test? Most people worry about passing the test, and there's not a person in this building or alive on earth today that can pass the test in their own strength by themselves. There's no way that you can pass the test of this age. If we're to pass the test, we're going to look at how. But what we want to look at is be, what is the promise of this overcomer. And you'll notice already that this overcomer has access to the tree of life that's in the midst of the new city or new Jerusalem. We already know that only the very elected of God whose name is in the Lamb's book of life. Lamb's book of life. 
which is a section in the book of life. Adam was the father of all living. All men are in Adam, but there's some that's in Christ, the second Adam, called the Lamb's book of life. All right, when were you in this Lamb's book of life? When did you start? And we understand by study that we started when it started and it didn't have a beginning. So you were in Christ. When Christ was slain before the foundation of the world, you were already in Him. Now, you won't know that until we open this series. How do you know that? When were we able to come to this information? When was it revealed to us? And we'll find out later it was revealed to us in this hour because we have to have this information to overcome by. Number three. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. Now you could preach a whole lesson on the hidden manna because it involves, and I will give him a white stone and in the stone a new name written. Years ago we went into this name that's revealed. The seven thunders revealed the new name of God. You said, well, I don't know nothing about the seven thunders. Then you wouldn't know nothing about the new name of God. I went out into Tucson and basically to the Spanish church there years ago, and I took my title of the sermon, The Seven Thunders Revealed the New Name of God, and the young men never sat down in the whole service because they were interested in this mystery. What is the new name of God? Therefore, we find out in uh, verse two, Revelation 2, 26, to him will I give power to overcome nations. This looked like an authority. When will you have this power? Not only do you have it now as a son of God, but you will have it in the millennium when you rule and reign with him if you are an overcomer for this age. All right. I'm going to give power over the nations. You've noticed each one of these speaks of the elected people in New Jerusalem in the eighth day. This is your position in this New Jerusalem or this pyramid city. Verse uh, 3, uh, Revelation 3, 5. To the, uh, he that overcometh shall be clothed in white raiment. And he will have his name not blotted out of the book of life. Not the land's book of life, but the book of life. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So here we see a group that comes up at the white throne judgment and be judged out of the book of life according to their works. And if their name is in the book of life, they shall be confessed before the Father and before His angels. Revelation 3.12 To him that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go no more out. Also speaking of New Jerusalem, or this uh, body of Christ, of which is a type of New Jerusalem, because New Jerusalem is Zion, and Zion always speaks of the bride of Jesus Christ. So you're looking at spiritual attributes and spiritual qualities of the body of Christ of which we are. Then we come down to our age and this promise of which we want to look at our tests, our time, and what we must overcome. Revelation 3.21. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. If you look at this statement very carefully, it states here by Jesus himself 
that he has already overcome. In other words, he must have come off of the mercy seat as the mediator through seven church ages. He must have come off of the mercy seat from behind the throne. And he must have basically done something and sat down on the Father's throne in heaven. For the message to us in this hour is that he has already overcome. And he has already sat down on his Father's throne. So this morning, by this message, we understand that Jesus is now sitting on the Father's throne. We find out, as we looked in the last several lessons, Revelation chapter 4 and 5, we'll not go through it again, but we find out in heaven there was somebody looking for a man who is worthy to open the book. Now what's so mysterious about this book? Your name is in there. And your identity and where you was before the foundation of the world and where you're going to come up in Adam or in Christ is in this book. Amen. The information is in there and only the seventh age group is allowed to understand the information in the book about themselves and their predestination. And we find out it is necessary to be able to overcome the deceptive spirit of Antichrist in this hour. Because the two spirits will be so close together. The Holy Spirit, Christ, the Antichrist is still anointed with the Holy Spirit. Church systems, teaching doctrines of man are mis-error in the word. They'll be so close together that it will deceive the very elected if it were possible. But it's not possible to deceive the very elected because they have excess to the open book. They have access to the open book, which gives them a revelation. And that revelation will be the rapture. It will identify who you are and what section of the book you're in to qualify you for the rapture. Therefore, we find out that our revelation is the only thing that is able to overcome the test. It's not your efforts, not your works, nothing that you will do, but it is your faith of what Jesus Christ has already done for you, and it is to be revealed to us by the open book. Are you following me so far? So as long as this book is sealed, as long as it's locked up, you can read it and read it and read it, but your memory, your mind will be veiled just like the Jews are. Your mind will be veiled to who you was before you got here. It will be closed up. Your predestination, your position in Christ, who you are, your test in this hour will be closed up to your mind until this book or the Holy Spirit gives you a revelation from this book who you are in the hour in which you live. Now remember, our test is only going to be the test that's given to the seventh church age. I'm not going to be tested by Luther's age, Wesley's age, Paul's age, or the Pentecostal age. I'm going to be tested by the messenger and the message of this age in this hour. Remember, ours is not the Pentecostal age. Ours is the bright age where God himself comes down as the messenger and the message to reveal to a unique group of people who they are in him by 
himself, revealing himself to us, which he is the word. That revelation makes you and the word one, or the word made flesh. Are you all right? So we're, he, he tells us that now, right now, he has already overcome and sat down with the Father on his throne. In Revelation chapter 4 and 5, that no man was found worthy. We went through it and we see a book in Revelation chapter 5. There's a book laying or in the right hand of the Father. And that book has to be claimed and that book has to be opened. For John declares, which he types the bride and through the ages, there's no revelation, no rapture, no understanding to be able to overcome and take the test. Redemption is lost unless someone can open this book. And Brother Branham preaches on it years and years and builds up this drama. This is also the title deed to the earth. The title deed to the earth and names who are to rule and reign on this earth. In this book is our inheritance. And the heirs, the name of the heirs of the earth are in this book. In other words, the word then must be revealed to the heirs. Because Jesus, through what he done, he conquered death. And by conquering death, he become heir to the earth. He regained what the first Adam lost. Us being in Christ, we were joint heirs with him. So as Christ is, so are we. And what I want you to understand is I'm back and back and forth now. Keep in mind that in John it tells us, as he is in heaven, as Jesus is in heaven, which is our representation, we are here on earth. As he is, so are we in this earth. If he has overcome and has sat down on the throne, that makes him the ruler over all seven dimensions. All seven. He has complete control over all seven dimensions. In other words, over even death, hell, the grave, powers, principalities, light, matter, time, which we'll get into. He is the king and ruler over every dimension. And every dimension, whoever they are, powers, principalities, demons, whatever more, must bow at the name of Jesus which his name was given to him when he conquered death and was raised up on high. So he received a new name at his resurrection. I'm combining the, all these sermons into one and their seals. When he ascended up on heaven, he received a new name. What was that name? Lord. Because Peter said he was now made both Lord and Christ. The theology says, I looked up, why is Jesus called Lord? They say he's called Lord because he was made God after his resurrection. Era. He was made Lord because he conquered death and hell. And God gave him the position in the family as Lord. Jesus, the Messiah, or Christ. He is Lord. If he is Lord over the family and over the kingdom of which we are joint heirs with him. He is our brother. But he will be our king. And we will address him as Lord, our supreme one. Leader, master, teacher, Lord. But that word Lord does not designate him as God. 
it designates his position as the king and ruler over the earth. Amen. Amen. And he's following now. Because he still got a God and we still got a God and we still worship that God. Amen. All right. So we notice now that this one in Revelation 5, repeating the story, he comes out from behind the throne. Brother Bram said he's back here through the ages making intercession. He comes out behind the throne and basically he takes the book and begins to open the seals. This must transpire then almost 2,000 years ago that this took place because when he opened the seals here went a white horse rider, which we know that that was the Antichrist in the days of Paul. Then the second horse rider, then the third, and now the fourth horse rider is accumulation of the all four, which is death, of which now we're under the fourth seal, and the spirit rides forth, which is death. We're under this rider, or this spirit of Antichrist, the spirit of death, both natural and physical or spiritual. Spiritual death has set in, and only the overcomer, the only those that pass the test, will overcome the second death in this hour. So what I'm looking at is the accumulated rewards or the accumulated blessings or the accumulated revelation of Jesus Christ that was lost through the church ages now restored back to us that we return right back to the book of Acts where Paul and the apostles had the revelation that this same Jesus whom you crucified God has made both Lord and Christ. Giving him this new name that is above every name. And that is the name of Jesus. Which is God's own name. Which means Jehovah Savior. So we look at this vision that John had. And John is a bride now. And he sees this bloody lamb come forth. Takes the book. And this one sitting on the throne is none other than God himself. So if Jesus basically takes the book and God himself takes the open book now because the seals have been loosed from it. Now then the secret of who we are and the secret to overcome the test of this age is now available to those that hear the voice of the seventh angel or the seventh church age messenger. That seventh angel will bring a message to us that we can overcome this age of laziness, lukewarmness, blindness, denominationalism, Jesus outside the church, all of this darkness and deception. There will be a message given to a people that they will have an overcoming revelation of the Word of God. That overcoming revelation will absolutely be finding your name in his name as Mrs. Jesus Christ. Because as he is, so are you here on earth. Okay, keep this in mind. Because we physically represent him in that realm. We are him in this realm. In the first, second, third dimensions which we live, light, time, and matter, we represent the seventh dimension, which is God, heavenly dimension, or that anointing. We represent that representation of God here in this realm. And we'll get to it. Well, we'll just wait just a little longer and we'll get to that. Watch. Brother Branham said, now watch. Now when this one takes the open book, we find him now over in Revelation chapter 10. 
Verse 1 and 3, I see a mighty angel come down from heaven. And we find in his hand this little book open. In 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, Paul tells us in the day when this angel descends down to earth. And he comes down with a shout or a message. The message is in this open book. This message is going to bring you your identity in Christ. It's going to reveal to you who you are and who you are before you got here. Because without a revelation of your predestinated place in God, you will not have the faith to overcome the tests of this age. You cannot wonder who you are, guess who you are, or approach good works or all those things as your effort to overcome. The only thing that will overcome for you is a revelation of Jesus Christ and you in Him that He has already overcome and you are represented in Him by faith. He's the only one that can overcome and the good news is He has already overcome and conquered all seven dimensions. Now, so Brother Bram said this one in Revelation 10.1 is God Himself. He comes down to earth being now God, he was and ruled in the seventh realm. No one has access to that realm outside of those that have gone on and the elders and whatever more that was there, the Old Testament saints. And those in that realm, those that were angels rejoicing when John saw him take the book. It was elders and everybody else there. Now this God steps off of the throne. He steps down here into the fourth dimension. And reveals himself to us who are now living in what we call the third dimension. We are in material. We are in flesh. We are by our senses. We feel matter. We see light. We hear sound waves. And now through science, the TV, we can pick up the fourth dimension. We see the ether waves picks up and forms visions. They're going through here right now. Angels are walking through here right now. The lower region is not too far from us now because you see the effects of it on the people. All the way through, even back when, what was it, in the 60s where Brother Brown was in J.C. Penney's out there in Tucson, I believe it was. And he saw these women coming up the escalator and the very same ones that he saw when he was a boy died went to the lower regions of the lost trapped in between two dimensions. So he said, now hell has pushed itself or enlarged itself and has now emerged into this dimension and we are now manifesting that dimension in our flesh by our conduct, our dress, our attitudes and our rejection of the word of God. But there was also one that descended down here among us from the seventh dimension. And there are those that will express that dimension also in the bodies and the flesh. And Brother Branham elaborated that in your dress, your tennis, da 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 da. Okay. So if God Himself is the one that come down here, there must be one uh, who climbed up on the Father's throne. Now Jesus tells us in this age, He's already overcome, He's already took the book, He's already sat down with the Father in His throne. And now if we receive the message of the one who had the book and comes down here, are you, are you following the drama? If you receive the message of the one that's got the book, comes down here now. He tells you, I've already sat down on my father's throne. All right. He that overcomes with the open book that comes down here in this hour, I'll grant to allow you to sit down on my right and left hand in my kingdom. 
So, if that is the greatest prize, and we looked at the disciples wanted to be there, and it was a predestinated to a predestinated people, which are living now in this hour or in this age. So he said, now watch, Brother Bam said, his soul was in prison. That this lamb, when he come forth, he walked up to him that had the book in his right hand, received the book, climbed up on the, on the throne, and sat down. He said, when? When the seals was revealed. Not open now. Revealed. When we get into the field seal and the Jews, and we'll have to pick up the Jews and Israel to come to the resurrection and the climax of all this drama. We find that the Jews was martyred under the filth seal. And they were given white robes. But notice now, they were told, you must wait here until your fellow brothers are martyred or slain even as you were. Now here's the mystery and I hadn't found the answer yet. But it tells us that the 144,000 will be martyred by the scripture. Brother Bram tells us they'll also be in the millennium and they'll also be in New Jerusalem. My question is, they must be resurrected. How do they get in the millennium? That's just a question. So we find out the one that's sitting on the throne is Jesus now. And he said this transpired at the revealing or when the seals was revealed. And that was 1963, basically. Serves this a time. And you also find the cloud or the witness over Arizona and he said it was the coming of the Lord clothed with seven angels making him the wig one these seven angels uh, ordained brother Branham to go back to Jeffersonville and preach the revelation of the seven seals which will be the seven thunders will reveal the mysteries contained in the seals he went through all seven seals and they're still arguing whether the seals have been opened and revealed the seventh seal was the coming of the Lord. Now we're living under the fourth seal. The fifth seal was the martyred Jews. The sixth seal is the tribulation that is yet to come after the resurrection and rapture. The seventh seal is revelatory, which is Revelation 10.1 that comes down here in the fourth dimension on the fourth seal to give us a revelation of who we are to be able to pass the test of this age to absolutely be able to be changed, immortalized, and go to the marriage supper of the Lamb for 1260 days while he's dealing with the Jews down here. Amen. All right. Keep in mind that God is in the seventh dimension. This is what's so uh, important. We need someone supernaturally from the seventh dimension to come down here to intervene or we'll never pass the test of the fourth and fifth dimension. How can you overcome evil spirits if you cannot discern evil spirits? How are you going to come the, overcome the Antichrist spirit, which is denominationalism? Unless you, you know the era, how it come in, the misteaching and the correction of the Word of God. How are we to know that basically that system impersonating Christianity will absolutely kill and destroy the true Christian thinking they're doing the will of the Father? But that's what Bible teaches, and that's the hour that we're in. So I'll read this little thing here. We all of us remember it's a little bit long, but I'll, just to remind us, Brother Brown makes this statement and teaches us in present stage of my ministry. He said, Now remember, uh, there, we are living in three dimensions. And he tries, I don't know whether they name it up, but they were basically uh, light, matter, 
and time. That's the three dimensions that we live in. Then he goes and picks up the fourth dimension of the TVs. Uh, how the building comes to the picture, TV, radio, picture, and television. That our senses does not contact. But they have a crystal or now they have chips and whatever more. That can pick up those waves. So that's for what we must be as waves. Just giving an example. You can sit here, right here this morning and be listening to me by your senses. Your eardrums hearing sounds. You can be sitting at home or you can be thinking about being hunting or home or eating cake or pie and whatever more. All the same time while your ears is here and you're sitting right here looking at me. Now, would that be a fact that you could be in two places at one time? Now, just remember, think of the vacation that you enjoyed. Think of the water. Think of the food. Think of the sunshine. Think of the mountains or cement, whatever you want. You can think about it, and pretty soon you're there. But you're sitting here. All right, what part of you went there as a memory, pulled it back here in present tense? Your spirit mind, which operates in the fourth dimension, the spirit realm. You can be thinking good thoughts this morning, thinking, oh, I love Jesus. The devil can come right in your mind. And a bad thought will come, something negative about me, preacher, whatever more, God or whatever more. But a negative thought can come in all the time that you're sitting here trying to think and concentrate on good things. So you have no control over that realm. That's what makes the mind, the free moral agency is the mind. Satan has access to your mind or free moral He has access to it the same as God the Holy Spirit has access to it. Both of them then are battling you out of the fourth dimension right here in the first three dimensions. Are you, are you following now? So we got a warfare being trapped in the third dimension matter. That's what we're trapped in. We're trying to overcome a test that's in the fourth and fifth dimension. They are unseen. We can see the effects of it, the evil of it, but we can't see the evil itself. You can discern a spirit, but you don't see the spirit. We can say the Holy Ghost is here being a spirit, but through our natural senses, we, eyes, we can't see it. But God allowed the camera now to pick up the fourth dimensional image of himself to give us the assurance that he was really here in our presence being in the fourth dimension. But he had a representation that was in the third dimension, matter and time, with us. And he was given a voice that in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, the voice is here. The material and the sound that we pick up is here. But if we receive it by faith that it's God talking to you here, then you don't look at here. You absolutely take it as you're hearing from God. If God tells you that you have already overcome, that you have already passed from uh, death to life, there's nothing can conquer you. You've got power over every disease, over sin and everything else. And you sit here in this dimension, and there is a spirit that telling you that you are sick, that you are a sinner, that you're going to hell, you can't overcome, you can't get the bills, you can't, get the, you can't conquer nothing in this realm, then which one do you believe the most? This realm here that we can see and feel is more dominant to us than the fourth dimensional realm. 
except when you sit down in front of a TV, then you can get involved in the ball game or the service or whatever you're watching that's transpiring in another dimension, but it's bringing that dimension present tense to you. It goes across time and ways and everything else, but it sits right in your living room and you experience the experience while it's transpiring. Can God do the same thing? Can we be sitting in heavenly places this morning, worshiping God, knowing who we are, and being caught up into the Spirit, and worship God and all this other down here is just drummed out? That's what we're talking about. So Brother Brown said, see in this building now is actions of people in the air, live voices. They're absolutely the truth. The only thing, uh, they catch it. Watch. I don't understand the mechanics of it, and I don't either, but that proves to you there is a fourth dimension. The unbeliever dies and goes to the fifth dimension. Brother Branham went to that mention when he was a young boy. Seen all them women coming after him. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Explains it like being in a nightmare. You're not awake, you're not asleep, you're trapped in between. You can't go into the sixth dimension because you're not right around the blood. You can't go uh, to the fifth because you're trapped in between. You can't come back here because you, your time on earth is up. So you're caught right between living in the sixth dimension, resting of the peaceful God. So you're trapped in between, which is torment. On and on and on, a nightmare. You cannot wake up, so it is torment. It's not pleasant. Will you ever wake up from that dimension? Yes, you will come forth at the second resurrection a thousand years down the road and be judged out of the book, which your life is a book, and your life will be judged according to the works in accordance to the age that you live in and the message of that age. You and I are not going to be judged according to sanctification under Wesley. We're going to be judged by Malachi 4, the spirit of Elijah, Jesus Christ himself, God, come down here to give a revelation of himself. And we will be judged according to whether we open our heart to the word, which is God, and let him in, or whether we shut him out of our minds and reject the word. He goes on, he says, now watch, when a Christian dies, he goes into the sixth dimension. And God is in the seventh dimension. So these dimensions is what we want to see. Now watch. So the Christian, when he dies, he goes under the altar of God, right into the presence of God under the altar. And he's at rest. To break it down, when a man has a nightmare, he goes in and said he's between the sleep and awake. What more? And he explains that. Uh, he cannot come back to earth because his time's finished on earth and he's caught between. And he's in a nightmare. He can't go in the presence of God to rest and he can't come back to earth because his time's up. He's in a nightmare and there he stays until the day of judgment. A horrible thing to be in sea. Now, also in the countdown message, he makes this statement, the sixth dimension is in Christ. The sixth dimension is in Christ. All right, if we are in Christ, in the sixth dimension, the sixth dimension, our Christ is sitting on the Father's throne. All right, so spiritually speaking now, your state and standing is what I'm looking at. Where are we sitting this morning in the progress and the season? You're sitting on the throne of God. If you're sitting on the throne of God, do you have power over the nations? 
Oh, that's down the road. Out of some no, it's now. You're going to find out that the millennium actually starts before the resurrection and the rapture. It absolutely ushers in a time frame that is neither what we call in the millennium. Jesus sitting on the throne. But Brother Branham brings the millennium in in certain events. The Jews, the sealing in, the anointing of the uh, tabernacle, all that. And then the millennium sets in where he's reigning on earth. So there's a period of time here where he's dealing with the Jews and the bride is in the uh, chamber up here and he's on earth doing things like that that were neither on the throne with him in the physical body or and we're up here in the seventh ram or the sixth rams where the marriage supper of the lamb. But it's neither here nor there. It's a blending of time. Now, spiritually speaking, by the shout, you are already potentially immortal. I'm quoting you. You are potentially already resurrected. Now think about that as we look, read the statements now. Watch. The sixth dimension is in Christ. The saints. Dead saints are resting saints. Who is completely. Works finished on earth. And has entered into rest with Christ under the altar. So the sixth dimension. Is where Brother Branham went also. When he went beyond the curtain of time, he went over and seen these ones. But if you remember, the only group that he saw was those that were in under his ministry in this age. He did not see those in Paul's age, Luther's age, whatever more. They were in a different capacity or a different realm or a different area. He only saw those that was his converts. His converts meaning that he was a representation of the Holy Spirit for this age all the way through these many years. Everyone that comes up in the Laodicean age will be accounted his convert. You say, well, preacher so-and-so preached to me and I come to the altar and got saved and joined this church. The convert, the messenger of the age has a message in the word. And everyone that comes to Christ in this hour will be the messenger's converts. That's the way I look at it now. So what you're looking at, you're looking at the seven realms, and I give them to you there. Light, matter, time, sound waves, thoughts, diseases, and etc. are in this fourth dimension. Diseases and sickness and sin comes through the avenue of the mind. Cancer is a fourth dimensional disease. So if we have authority over the fourth dimension, we should be able to cast out devils. Let me back up here just a few minutes. Seeing this hour of overcomers has been renewed the Great Commission. Through seven church ages, you hadn't seen Mark 16, the Great Commission fulfilled. The first age was what? Preach the gospel. Let me fill in like what Jesus was saying. Preach the gospel of the kingdom that I've preached for the last three years. Jesus didn't preach, save, get converted, go to church, change your clothes. He didn't preach salvation as we preach salvation. We're trying to get free from sin, get saved from what? What are you trying to get saved from? Well, I'm trying to get saved from what? Well, I'm getting, trying to get saved from sin. The mortal body is the sin. You're trying to get saved from the mortal body, which you can't as long as you're in the mortal body. But Christ has already paid the price of this. And what he wants you to see is that basically you, your soul, was predestinated to him before the foundation of the world. And it never was in sin and never did sin and never will disbelieve the word of God. Yeah. 
So you're here being tested in this. Feelings, senses, motion, what do you see, feel, hear, and whatever more. But in the Great Commission, we are to preach the gospel of the kingdom, which we know has been lost through seven church ages because when it come back under Luther or whatever more, it come out of church and it joined the church, then went back, progression right on back again. Now salvation is going to the altar, saying the sinner's prayer, repenting, change your dress, change this, kick this out, kick that out, quit this, quit that, whatever more. There's never no end to it. But salvation, according to the end time message is, believe the gospel of the kingdom. And the kingdom is now here in your midst, even as it was when Jesus was here as the Son of Man. So in the days of the Son of Man, or the Word made flesh, the message and the messenger will be the same. And God is the messenger and his message in the person of Jesus back there 2,000 years was the kingdom of God is in your midst. In other words, I am here tabernacling in flesh. I'm here to set up my kingdom. Because thy kingdom come, our will on earth is this. Our jobs today is not trying to get saved or keep staying saved. Our commission is to bring heaven down here on earth now. We're trying to get good enough to die to go to heaven. And our great commission was bring heaven down here on earth now. Bring the dominion and the authority of heaven. Bring it right down here on earth. Control the nations of the world. And in the end it will be fulfilled because we will sit with him in the kingdom of God on earth. Rule and reign and have dominion over the nations of the world. Will they be people here? Yes. What kind of form they'll be in? I don't know. Will they be spiritual? They'll be spiritual, both, both uh, tangible, both. Will they eat? Yes. Will they all like the same thing? I doubt it. You mean I'll be doing this and somebody will be doing that? Yes. Will I build my house? Yes. That's right. I hope I, he puts me next to a carpenter. I got to build my own house. I don't even how to, I don't know how to cut a 45. So we, I guess we may have square houses. Just prop up whatever more. I don't know what it's going to be like, but we're going to be there. All right. So what you're looking at here, then basically the seventh dimension is God in the seventh dimension. So now we're looking at what will take place just before the rapture. This is what our question is. Brother Ben said, I want to look at the conditions. What will take place just before the rapture? And we're looking at the spiritual condition now of the believer and the unbeliever. What is transpiring now among us because we are in our test. Whether you understand it or not, we're being tested by every demonic power because 200,000 demons has been loosed out of the bottomless pit by the seventh church age messenger, God himself, who had the key in his hand over death and hell, and he opened up hell and let all these spirits come in here to what? To test the bride of Jesus Christ. They're coming after you. They can't do anything as a spirit. They got to have a body. So they absolutely, through religion, subtlety, and the veiling of the minds of the human race, for rejecting the revealed word of God. The penalty is what? You will be veiled. You will be shut out of the presence of God. You'll be turned over to a reprobate mind. 
And that mind will be highly and lofty and everything else doing good. You see that in Washington right now. It's working out in politics. That same spirit is working in religion right now. Oh, we're praying for him. It's all this lofty, whatever more, do good, whatever more. And they're liars and thieves and everything else. You say, what about the Republicans? Twins. Just as much liars and thieves as everybody else. The only people on earth today that's walking in light and truth is that elected bride whose name is in the book. Now the question is this, do you know it? We're trying to get across to you the revelation that you should know and be grounded in. In other words, you have to hear it, accept it by faith, and know who you are in this hour, or you will not be able to overcome the test. How many sees the increase of sicknesses? Look at your addictions of drugs. Not only drugs, look at your addiction to vitamins and herbs and pills and pain and sleep and on and on and on and on. Everybody's on pills. Oh, I'm not on pills. Well, just watch the same pills you take or what you do or what you try to eat. Everybody's got a problem. Well, I can't sleep. How come we can't sleep? The whole world's got a sleeping problem. How many's got a sleeping problem? You say, I don't have a sleeping problem. Well, if you work real hard in the physical, most of you won't have a sleeping problem. But we don't have that much work in the physical. We work the minds, get it stimulated, whatever more is open to everything, one more. And when you lay down, that mind keeps going, that spirit realm keeps going. And here comes these bad dreams and whatever more. Devil is working in that realm. But the Bible said, blessed is the sleep of those that are in Christ. We have peace. Amen. So Brother Bram said, now, this is what will take place right before the rapture. In the message, how to overcome, I want you to note here what he's saying. There were eight overcomers in the time of Jesus at his birth. In the days of Daniel's time, there was four overcomers. Eight in the time of Jesus' birth, eight on earth. Already our minds begin to say, well, the odds are I'm not one of them. Okay, what are you judging yourself by or how? Why would you automatically think, well, if there's only four or eight, what makes me think I'm one of them? What makes you think you're not? See, what makes you think that you're not one of, well, I'm not doing this and this and this and this. Well, then change. Well, I do this and this and this. Well, then quit it. Well, I smoke. I keep being one of them. Quit smoking. Then what are you? Oh, does that make me one of them? No. You mean if I quit smoking, don't make me one of them? No. Well, what if I change my dress? That make me one of them? No. Come on, what, what, what do you need to make you one of them? You need a revelation. What revelation do I need and be convinced of by some means that I am one of this few elected? Open book. There's got to be something in the book. And there's got to be somebody that's got the book. And remember, the book is in the seventh dimension. Right up at the throne of God. So, if I can't get up there, how am I ever going to know what's in the open book unless someone from that dimension 
And Jesus cannot come back until he takes his position in the kingdom. So somebody has got to come down here from that dimension with the open book and read it to me. And me hear it to receive a revelation that I am identified in Christ, the revealed word for this season. So therefore, I must be able to recognize who I am, what time I'm living in, and the message and the messenger of this hour to know that I'm in that section. All right. So what are we looking at? Uh, we're to be tested, he said. He that cometh to God must first be tested. Tested by what? With the word. Okay. That's God's test. Oh, well, I can read that. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Uh, that's me. I believe that. I confess Jesus. I'm baptized into the church. I'm going to heaven. No. When you follow Paul, he said, watch. He that confesseth Jesus as Lord and God raised him from the dead shall be saved. He that confesses Jesus is Lord. And the Bible also said no man can call Jesus Lord except by the Holy Ghost. Now that's not like your one that says, well, without the Holy Ghost you don't know that Jesus is God. No man can call Jesus Lord without the Holy Ghost giving him a revelation of fatherhood and sonship. There's only one God and he is a spirit. But remember, this day have I begotten thee. And I'm going to grant for you to sit on my throne even uh, to put all the, your enemies under your feet. God said that to who? Jesus. So you've got some God here that is Father, Spirit. You've got this person here who was created in human form. Tested as a human. Overcome as a human. Died as a human. Raised as a human and set in a position over the promised kingdom of Almighty God. Now, who was that? Jesus. Your faith as Jesus paying the price of sin and death. He was raised from the dead. He's the only one that's been raised, was raised from the dead. All the rest of them were in the grave, it said. David uh, wasn't raised. Jesus was raised. They were raised at his resurrection, but none of them died and conquered death and come back except Jesus. Therefore, making him Lord over death, hell, and the grave. And he was given a name. When he ascended, he was given a name that was above every name. Cancer, tumor, strife, addiction, every spirit's name, every power's name, every principality's name. There's one name that's over every name. It has authority over every spirit. And every spirit must bow their will to the name of Jesus. To those who have the revelation that Jesus is Lord. Brother Man said now. Do you, he said do you believe it? He that comes to God must be tested. That only shows a true child. He's actually quoting Hebrews. If you come to God, he won't stand testing you. You're a bastard-born child. Watch. And when the testing comes, you can't overcome lest there's a test given to you. 
All right, then what is our test? You can't overcome unless there's a test to be given. Now, we got a squeeze coming. Don't forget this. We're not going to sit around lazily in church and wait on something and hope we're going to fly off out here without any trouble. We have a test coming that's greater than any test. We've got a test coming that's greater than the fiery furnace. We've got a test coming that's greater than when Jesus was born. We've got a test coming that's greater than any test. And it is the squeeze. Brother Ben called it a squeeze of persecution, a measure of suffering for this end time group. He said, now, a test, uh, him that overcometh the test. The test is the greatest thing that ever happened to you. Boy, I've had a lot of great things. Amy's had a lot of great things. But we hadn't really been tested according to a lot of people have been tested. There's a lot of people past tests that I, and I, I don't even know whether I could even comprehend them or not. He said, and I believe it's written in the scripture. Peter said, our trials are worth more to us than precious gold. It's a testing time. And one good evidence to us that God is with us is when we're tested for all children of God are tested and tried. Whew. We're tested and tried. But we must keep in mind that everyone except the overcomer will actually be deceived by Satan impersonating the word of God. Now that's another fact. What is the condition right before the rapture? The impersonation of the other dimension will be so religious so churchanity, so impersonating the Holy Ghost. They'll have signs and wonders. It'll look like they're casting out devil people getting saved. They'll have miracles and all, all of that proving that God is with them. But God has already said that he wasn't with them. Don't go out into the desert when they do this. Don't go after the signs and wonders. He's not there. And he said, watch. It'll be so close that it will deceive the very elected if possible. So we here on earth, born of man, are born to be tested. And when you're born again, that means you're to be tested as a true son and daughter of God. You've got to pass the test to be baptized by one spirit into the body of Christ. See, people think they're begging people to accept Jesus. Oh, please accept Jesus. Please accept Jesus. He loves you more. On and on and on and on. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible teaches that he gives you a gospel and you are to see if he will accept you. Most people are trying to run from God. Oh, I don't want to come now. I'll wait. I'll wait. Wait a minute. What do you mean you'll wait? God's not standing up here waiting and hoping you'll come. But it did say all that come to the Father, he will no wise cast out. In other words, when you come to the Father, he will hear your case. Well, Lord, I'm a good person. I want to go to heaven. I've joined the church here. I'm doing the best I can. He said, well, that's not quite good enough. Will you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Do you receive a revelation of the gift that I give you? Will you receive him as the truth, the way, and the life? Will you absolutely accept him as Lord, supreme ruler over the coming kingdom, and take that confession to the water, symbolically be buried with him, so that you can be raised anew in resurrection, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, 
to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And the gift of the Holy Ghost is your reward in the kingdom of God. Whichever age that you're in. That's the gift that you receive. And our gift is to sit down with him in his throne. Watch now. So according to Brother Brown, we are living in three dimensions. With the access to the fourth dimension. By TV in this age was given a receiver. A crystal, a gift so to speak. Who could absolutely pick up the fourth dimension for us. But also the fifth and the sixth. Now think about that. Here you have God come down. That we are predestinated to overcome. He has promised he will not lose one soul. That's recorded in this book. If your name is in this section. You will hear the word of God for your hour. You will accept the word of God for your hour. You will understand who you are in this hour. And by faith you'll become a part of the word for this hour. Or you will become the word manifested in flesh. That's just absolutes. There's another group that is religious. Called the foolish virgins so to speak. That does not have the Holy Ghost. Or they are not in the election. Who will absolutely hear the gospel. Live a good clean life. Believe on Jesus. But are not in that elected section of the book. Will go through the tribulation. Die in the tribulation. Purge so to speak. Come up at the second resurrection. When all the books are open. And be judged out of those things that are in the book. But here we are in the. Uh, this dimension of the four seal. God comes down out of the seventh. Gives us access now. To the fourth. Fifth and sixth dimension. When Brother Bram stands here and said, uh, we can play the movie, see it live, listen to the tape. I take every spirit here under my control in the name of Jesus. No one can say that outside of God. Are you calling him God? I'm calling him the body that God is using at the time. I take every spirit. That means he takes every spirit in the fourth dimension. He takes every spirit that's talking your mind. He's taken every spirit that's in the form of disease, cancer, or tuberculosis, or anything else. He's taken every spirit of addiction, homosexuality, everything else that's trapped you. He's taken, talking to every power, every demon. And by the authority of a gift given to him, Satan now must stand still. He is absolutely helpless. Because Satan knows that he was conquered 2,000 years ago by Jesus in his testing period. Because Jesus said, it is written. Now then he comes back under the deception all these years. But at the end time, Satan has to be exposed. And he comes down now to expose Satan before us. Bringing the fourth, fifth, and sixth dimensions all under his authority. All under his control. To put all things under his feet. To the body of Christ. For as he is on the throne, you are here on earth. I'm almost running out of time already. What we're trying to get to is this, this revelation gives you the sevenfold authority and dominion here represented in the body of Christ. Watch now. So Brother Branham experienced the sixth dimension. He went to the souls that were lost. He experienced or the sixth dimension that was the paradise of God. He experienced the fifth dimension 
Because he kept falling, falling, falling. He experienced that nightmare. He went down to the soul in prison or lost. Both dimensions. He come back now. Then he has been made ruler over those two. He can call for those spirits. To, the table dropped. He took them under his control. He took every disease under his control. You say, you mean God done that in this hour? He done that right in our presence. We can put a film on the screen. We can put a tape on that you can absolutely hear with your senses in this realm. We can go back to the same time period. You can get under the anointing and carry you present tense right under the anointing right back when he done it. Why? Because it's all done in this time period of Laodicea that we are in right now. When we get out of this seal, we'll be in a different time period. We'll be in the millennium or the seventh day. We're all trapped now under this four seal in our time period called the Laodicean church age. This is done in our time period. So if it's done in our time period, we by our senses, hearing and viewing and whatever more can see it, visualize it, and receive the matter of it. In other words, we can absolutely receive the either ways of revelation called the anointed word. And become a part of the seventh dimension. Now this is deeper than skim milk. And I look back and I think we preached this back in 1982. This is where we was in 1982. Watch. Brother Bram experienced these two realms. Now the question we should ask ourselves. Before we get all upset, and I'll call Karen, you want to come? I believe it's 11.30. I keep thinking I, got, I can go to 12. 11.30. Before we get all upset in this testing, before we put ourselves out and go home and have a beer, you'd be surprised how many in here and watching on live streams and why I can't make it, I'll just go home and have a beer. Before we get all upset and think that we're not a, a one of the four or one of the 500 or how many they are. Or think, how can somebody like me make it because I don't know nothing? The question that we should ask is, where was I before I got here? And where will I be after I leave here? Because where you was before you got here will determine where you go after you leave here. You're only in time and matter to be tested. So you were tested somewhere before you got in matter and time. And you'll be somewhere after you leave matter and time. Where will you be? If you do not accept Jesus as Lord, you go to the fifth dimension and wait. If you accept Jesus as Lord, that means that you have passed the test somewhere before you got here. And you had representation in a book of the Lamb before you ever got here. Lord, Jesus. <laughs> You say, well, if that's the case, Brother Gary, it's impossible for me to fail the test. Now you got it. <laughs> that's what the messenger told you. 
And to make it real short, I want to just real quick give you the question and we'll pick it up in another sermon. An invisible union of the bride of Christ, which means the seventh dimension come here and married to us in this dimension. The seventh dimension come down here in the fourth dimension and revealed himself to us in this dimension of mind and time and matter. He told us in this realm, according to the mystery under the seventh seal, that you and I never sinned in the first place. I put a lot of quotes in there, whatever more I mentioned, but look. He makes a statement that you never sinned in the first place. In this message here, uh, the way of a true prophet, he talks about being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and raised with his resurrection. We've been, through the, we've been brought out of sin. Never no more do we want to go back to it. We are raised from sin with the evidence that we have. We're potentially in the resurrection from all death. So when you're identified and accept Jesus Christ as Lord, you are potentially resurrection from all death. Both the natural and the second death. What part of me is free from all death? My soul, who is a real me, who is light, a little light. There's a little light in here living in the heart about the size of your little fingernail or whatever more. That's you. This is your body. It's your soul. Your house. You. According to the prophet, you absolutely never sinned in the first place. You are... The pure, virtuous, sinless bride of the Son of the living God. Okay? You say, well, that's not me. If you confess it's not you, then it's not you. But God is telling and talking to somebody who has an ear to hear, whose name is in the open book, who recognizes the messenger and the message of this hour, Come out over my people. They come out to the word. And it's revealed to you. That according to God himself. You being represented in this book. Which was Christ before the foundation of the world. You never was in sin to start with. You were blinded by the natural birth. Who your identity is and what your real name really is. And we'll get into that if you want to. The new names. Because we're promised hidden manna. A white stone. And in that white stone a new name. Brother Brown said, I wonder if that's the name that we'll be called over there. All of that is to accumulate to us today. We are to realize that we are the virtuous, sinless Bride of Jesus Christ. You say, well, nobody I know that's sinless or whatever more. Well, God's told a lie then. Then if you're a sinner, then you're not in the book then. But if I believe the voice of God, and I receive the message of the hour, He told me that I was a sinless, virtuous bride of Jesus Christ. 
that I won the word. There's no sin laid to my charge. And notice what he said. Amen. The spiritual union of Christ and his church now. That's this marriage of the seventh dimension here now. Invisible union. When the flesh is becoming word. And the word is becoming flesh. Manifested. Vindicated. Just what the Bible said would happen in this day. Right before the rapture. Is that you or not? Say amen. amen. I believe that's me. Let's stand this morning. We'll pick this up next week. But notice now. My question to us is this. If I am in this state. And standing before God. Who is here in the fourth dimension now. Revealed to me now by a message. And I have received it. I have his word. There's no sin laid to my charge. I'm the sinless virtuous bride. My name is in the Lamb's book of life. All these promises of the seven ages as far me in this hour. I can absolutely say I'm going to sit down with him in his throne. Then my question is, what difference would immortality make to you than what he told you you were already in? So I'm going to tell you this morning, potentially, as he said, you are already in the resurrection free from all deaths. You are potentially already immortalized, free from time and matter of this body right here. You say, well, why do you talk about the present? Why do you talk about a prophet? Why do you talk about God coming down here to reveal the secret to me? That my name was in the book. That Jesus is sitting on the throne. And as he is there, I am here. Everything is under my feet. Well, Brother Gregory, if that's so, we could pray for the sick and they would be healed. Then what hindereth us? What's that song you first sang? What was the first thing, first song? First song you sang. What was that? Because he lives, the first song. That beat one. What was the first one? Right before we turned it over. Yeah, no, right before the service started. Right did the service start. You know your song that you just played right before the service started? <laughs> Boy, I, I, can preach this sermon. I can preach this sermon over next week because it's already gone, isn't it? Take up your cross. Is that what it was? Take up your cross.
just take this little thought with you before you go. He said, notice the anointed word of his day, of which you are a part by predestination. This is not skim milk. This is not just a, a little Sunday school lesson. This must be reality to us. Look what authority that the bride has here on earth now. You say, well, we'll have that authority over there with him. You have that authority here now. Because remember, as he is, Jesus on the throne now, so are we in this earth. That's got to strike through somewhere, somewhere, sometime. You say, Brother Gregory, how come it's not more effective? We should be rejoicing. We should be healing the sick. We should be preaching the gospel of the kingdom of Jesus Christ that he is here. And that the preaching of the gospel is promised that these signs will follow those who believe. Are we preaching the gospel of the kingdom for signs to follow? Or are we still preaching the denominational gospel of salvation through repentance and works and whatever more and whatever more? This is not a church age message. This is a bride message. You have stepped out of time. And potentially, you are already in the resurrection, already immortal, and already over in the millennium. Now, don't get carried away that, well, we can go have millennial children, whatever more. That's a bunch of garbage. But by revelation, my soul, my spirit, my understanding, where God is in time, we are in the millennium, or we're already immortal in our soul. All we're looking for now is our state to be changed by the presence of God to another substance that can go through time into another dimension. Because we'll get to it. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. So something has to happen to your flesh. There will be no blood in your body. But you will have a natural or a physical, tangible body to eat and whatever more in the kingdom of God. To overcome, you must understand that the one who overcome for you 2,000 years ago, that same one is here now revealing to you who you are, what you are, waiting for the confession out of our mouth that we are absolutely the bride of Jesus Christ. Amen. And the reason why the signs are not following what we call the end time messenger is because in Corinthians 9, the Gentile branch is cut off. We've stepped out of time, out of the ages. God has gone back or going back and has been going back to Israel for quite some time now. And the longer the cutoff is, the grafting end of the Jew back in, the longer that's been cut off, the deader it gets and drier it gets and more affected to the Gentile it gets. Brother Bam said it was over for us years and years ago. Now then we watch the Jews and we'll almost be able to tell when the resurrection time comes. Have you ever noticed now they got a movement in America? They call it somebody kind of letter, boycott all Jews. Boycott all their businesses. Boycott them in schools. Boycott their factories. Boycott anything that has to do to drain all the money out of Israel and bankrupt them. That's the, there's a new movement, a new plan, that group that's going on now. 
If that's the case, there should be a group of people called the Bride of Jesus Christ, who by a prophet know who they are, and also by a prophet that two prophets is fixing to show up to Israel to deliver 144,000 and preach the gospel to them one more time. Amen? But we are that kingdom mystery that was promised. Jesus must be your Lord. He must be sovereign. And your confession is that Jesus Christ is Lord is what saves you. So if you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the mission of your natural birth, let's say that, time and mortality matter, then I would find the water and be identified with him in water baptism and become a part of his kingdom. That's the gospel of this hour. Amen? So let's remember to pray for the Gray family as they're going through this and also the uh, householders, I think John Householder, when, uh, John? Scott. 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 Johnny Scott, yeah. John Scott uh, passed away last night also. Let's remember them in prayer. And seen them 25, 30 years, been a long time. So let's remember them in prayer also this morning. Also, those in Canada, just waiting patiently and having a good time. Those on live stream, we heard from a lady said, Boy, I enjoyed Brother Gregory's answer because his refrigerator got stolen. So I wonder how the news travels fast, don't it? You know, I don't know how they heard it. I guess they heard it on tape or somewhere. Said I heard his reply. She must have had her stole one time too then. But let's remember those out there. Time is short. Our time, time ram is short. And our matter is changing. Your revelation is changing. And let me say it once again. Potentially you are immortal. Potentially you are already resurrected. Your soul never sinned in the first place. All you need to know is who you are, what you are, what time it is for you to be a part of it. Amen? So, yes, yes. Anyone else want, need prayer or something this morning? For the, you want to play, pray? Amen. Do you love the Lord this morning? Amen. It's awful, awful quiet. It's, I hope this wasn't just a, a dull message today because it's very important. Amen. Because we are overcomers and we've got to understand our tests. Amen. My hands are froze, so love touch you don't jump if you jump they'll think it's the Holy Ghost and everybody gets saved right? amen. amen Jesus Christ is Lord you know we don't we don't confess that too much in the message most of our attention is about Brother Branham some doctrine some message something down the road but the whole theme of the Bible is Jesus Christ the same yesterday today and forever gospel of the day was the same as Paul's gospel and William Brown's gospel that was the gospel of the kingdom that you must be born again by one spirit baptizing in this body if you preach the gospel of the kingdom make Jesus Lord then you have power over all nations power over all principalities power sickness and everything else so I don't know what is our sickness or what is Sister Megan's back there in pain, so she's standing in for her this morning. Hemi has a need before Christ this morning. Amen. You want to just hold hands with someone, lay hands on each other, and we'll just pray and believe. I believe that God can answer every prayer and every need simply joining ourselves together in faith. Heavenly Father, I have preached by your scripture under your anointing this morning of your divine presence that we here in this dimension are absolutely helpless in our mortal bodies. We are suffering the affliction, the pains, the grievances, all of these problems, Lord, from the fourth dimension and also the powers of darkness. 
You said in this hour that the spirit of wisdom and revelation would come down in our realm. Give us a revelation of your presence, thereby giving us the authority that was once delivered to the saints, that all authority in heaven and earth is now given into our hands. Therefore, by the revelation that you, Lord, are sitting on the Father's throne in heaven, you have been given the name above every name, and the name of that God who is Jesus is now here. The Heavenly Father is here with us to enforce everything that you give us. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the name of the Almighty God, by the one who is here now, we absolutely speak and give charge of this spirit, this pain, every disease, all the powers of darkness. We bind every influence in the fourth dimension. We cannot see them, but we know that they're there. Therefore, by revelation and discernment, in the name of Jesus Christ, we plead the blood and the promise in this hour. May every disease, may every pain stop. May our sorrows and our testings have courage and strength in our soul and minds. But we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ with the promise that you will grant it. Thank you, Lord, for all things. Because you have given us authority over all nations, all powers, all principalities, all diseases, all affliction. Because we're the overcomers in this hour. And we thank you for it through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. God bless you.